P.S. and welcome back to the proper podcast. Hope you're all well, people. Thank you for joining us once again. Hope you had a lovely Christmas and a lovely New Year. Won't be asking the boys if they had a lovely New Year because I'm fucking bored of asking people. But yes, we are back with a boxing bang. So the big news, Anthony Joshua versus Francis Ngannou. Yes, we will be talking about that. We'll be talking about the past weekend's boxing, a little bit of O'Hara Davis and Captain Barbosa. He got absolutely fucking smashed. Virgil Ortiz, Frederick Lawson. A lot of controversy in that as well. And we'll also be talking about Callum Smith and Arter Betterbiev or Betterbiev. Nobody knows how to fucking say his name, but we'll be talking about that and, and sprinkling in a little bit of uh, boxing news in between. Now, boys, I want to get started by saying the podcast awards are in motion at the minute. And um, I think we do decent numbers on here, but um, we got snubbed, right? So that's making me think that there are some weak links among us, right? <laughs> I can't be honest, boys. I think it's you two. I just do. So, um, so yeah, if I'm honest, you're both on your last legs. You clearly haven't been pulling your weight. Um, I'll shape up. So, yeah. Don't worry, so, I'll shape, shape up. up. Shape up. You're, uh, you're on your final warning. So, uh, there we go. No, I'm joking. Uh, fair play to all the boys who uh, did get nominated for the podcast awards. We love you lot. You've got blinding podcasts. Who is, just out of interest, just before we start, Johnny B, who's your favourite podcast? Come on. Um, I like, yeah, I like the Fight Disciples. Fight I think they're a good listen. I've been listening. I mean, Kai put me on to them about 10 years ago, something like that. I was listening to them when podcasts was like a new thing. Um, yeah, they've got to be right up there. Kai? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's always been the Fight Disciples. They're just like a northern version of us, aren't they, I suppose? I suppose if you're up north, you can get a lot of their little little funny things that they say. And if you're down south, you're going to get a lot of what we say. Um, just pick it up, you know, the little... Little tiny words that pop out here and there. Uh, but yeah, in terms of boxing content, knowledge, laughs, you know, two mates down the pub. Yeah, Fight Disciples have nailed it for me. So um Yeah, man. I like I like Fight Disciples a lot. I'm torn between Fight Disciples and um Boxing News, because I really like Andy Clark. I think he knows his stuff, that boy. I think he's brilliant. Great commentator as well. Um, and I like Coogan. I love Coogan. I think he's good. He's a really good interviewer, and uh, I enjoy the way his interviews are shaped. So, anyway, let's move on. Right, so let's talk about the boxing of the past weekend. Let's start with O'Hara Davis. Well, yeah, I think... Um, are we all in agreement that uh, O'Hara is European level, really? He's just not that world level, is he? I mean, it was a stunning stoppage by uh, Captain Barbosa, and he's still fucking quality, man, isn't he? He's quality. Give that man the Roly rematch. Um, Johnny B, thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, O'Hara Davis didn't throw a punch, did he? He didn't throw a punch. So I don't know, has that gone down in the record? You get a fucking chance. Didn't, is that gone down in the record books for uh, not throwing a punch? But do you know what? I sort of felt sorry for him. I know he's not everyone's cup of tea, but, you know, he's got the uh, a golden boy deal He's gone out there. They obviously had other plans for O'Hara Davis. He was the favourite going into that fight. But um, it didn't work out. It didn't work out. You know, he just threw that lazy sort of right to the body, didn't he? And uh, just left it there. And then, uh, yeah, got counted with the left hook. And then that was all she wrote. You just said he didn't throw a punch. 
Oh yeah, so, well, sorry, it didn't land a punch. It didn't land. Did I say it didn't throw a punch? Look at him. He's been back two minutes. Where's fucking nitpicking? I mean, this is what I'm talking about. See, you're not pulling your weight, are you? Your knowledge is not up to scratch. <laughs> All right. The only fight to not have landed a punch and, uh, yeah, he lost. But, um, yeah, so that punch, counter. But to be fair, you know, we were talking last week or a couple of weeks ago about Hart. Got up. From the count, you know, people were asking questions about him and Josh Taylor when he didn't want to know in that fight. So he got up, but uh, yeah, got sandily beat. And yeah, like, let's be real. I want to know this as well. Barossa, is that geezer 40 years of age? Come on now. I want to see what some saying? teeth checks, 50. man. 50 minimum. Yeah. <laughs> minimum. But how's he doing it, man? How's he doing it? We fought Kevin Mitchell about 1986. How long ago was that when he fought Kevin Mitchell? Yeah. Long time ago, man. Yeah, um, Anthony Crawler put a beat down on him as well. Do you know what I mean? The, the blueprint was there of how to beat um, Ismail Barroso. And I just don't know what O'Hara was doing. Um, yeah, I don't know what he was doing, mate. I felt terrible for him, to be honest with you, because, I mean, to, to go from where he was, that Jack Catchell loss, by the way, was in 2018. That was his last loss. Seven training camps ago. Five years, right? He's built his fucking career back up to this point where he's on the pinnacle for fighting for a world title, finally getting his world title shot. You know, this comes after, you know, he, he where he decided back in the day that he wanted to be the pantomime villain, gets that big fight with Josh Taylor. You know, he got paid £100,000 for that Josh Taylor fight, right? And then he fucking, you know, took a knee and did what he did in that fight. So he, he took that ro- road, Eddie Hearn binned him off, and then he has to rebuild his career fighting for nowhere near hundred grand. I guarantee you that. And he gets to this point, and you know, like... The irony of this is, of this as well, right? He was ranked number one in the WBA. He was mandated to fight Roly Romero, and they were scheduled to do purse bids, and Romero withdrew with an injury. So he could have even been fighting Romero now and having his world title shot, and who knows how it would have gone. But he goes in there. Probably would have beat him. Well, just, maybe. You don't know. You know what I mean? He's got, he's, he's got Yeah, he's got... Yeah, but Romero beat Barroso, so... Did he? Yeah, he's fucking, yeah. he stopped him in nine <laughs> rounds. So it's like, uh, yeah, we don't like to do the triangles on here, but I just felt terrible for him because imagine that, five years of fucking graft, pure hard graft to get to the summit and then now you're just one fight away against the fucking geezer who looks like he's about 94 years old and then you go and fucking get knocked out in the first round. Criminal, absolutely criminal. I couldn't believe it, to be honest with you. Fucking get, get taxi going off. <laughs> <laughs> you got your app going off, have you? Got a do you want to take? Do you want to have a word? Do you want to take that job halfway through a pot? Hold on a minute, mate. I'll be there. I'll be picking you up in a minute, mate. Let me just finish oh, getting yeah. this unloaded. If clip. it's an Efro, mate, you lot are getting binned off. I'll fucking come back in a couple of hours. But yeah. anyway, so I just felt I felt terrible for him. I felt terrible. For him. I don't know where he goes from here. I don't know if Golden Boy have put a, um, a rematch in there in there because I, I don't really agree with rematch clauses. But why? When you get starched in the first. Why? You're done. Because... No, 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 wait. You're done. You're done. If anyone yeah. deserves a rematch, it's Barossa against um, Romero. Yeah. yeah. So that's that. Exactly. You're done. Yeah, like, yeah, he's, yeah. he's done his time, mate. Barossa, as I say, he's been fighting for like 20 years. He's about 50. Like, a lot, all these fights, your Crawlers, your Kevin Mitchells, um, and then, yeah, that Romero. And then, yeah, obviously, I, I felt happy for him. I felt sad for Ahara Davis. Like, he's a Brit and everything. But good luck to him, man. Let him go in there and fight that Romero now. End of um, yeah. yeah, but you know he's still up there. He's still sort of relatively highly ranked, and uh, see where it goes. But that must have been a fucking heartbreaking for him. Just don't go and swing with that guy. No matter how old you get, 
that guy's an absolute banger, right? Just go in there and take him. Quite, he's got a 92% knockout ratio. There you go. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing falling in with a fucking body shot and all that? What are you doing? You know what I mean? Anyway, um, it's done now, so he's going to have to come again. It's that simple. Yeah, I, I've never seen enough from O'Hara to make me think he could last at that level. I don't even, I'm not even sure if he beats Rowley, but um, yeah, Rowley and um, Barossa. I felt sorry for Barossa in that fight. So um, he fully deserves that rematch and I hope he knocks him out. So uh, moving on, Virgil Ortiz and Frederick Lawson. Right. So for the viewers, just before we got on the pod, I said, um, looking forward to your take, Kaya, on the uh, on the stoppage and then the news that preceded it. But you don't know the news that preceded it. So um, no, I don't. first of all, Kyle, what did you think of the stoppage? Oh, the stoppage was early. It was early, but it was early for us fans watching it, I thought. I don't think Fred Frederick Lawson thought it was early when he was in there. It's all good and well after the fucking corner go, start moaning about it. But he didn't want to know, mate. He, he was happy to be pulled out, trust me. I know a man when he's taking a beat down, looking at his face there, he was like, thank, thank you, ref. Thank you, ref. You I, reckon? Could have hugged. I didn't. I didn't see that at all. Yeah, no, he didn't look like it. He weren't like up in arms going, oh, fucking that's bullshit, ref. He was oh, he like, was. Uh, he was, okay. he was fucking right, okay. fuming. Nah, he weren't, mate. He fucking was. Nah, he weren't, mate. He, he fucking weren't. <laughs> the corner was, he weren't. You sure? I'd have to watch it again, but I don't remember him being <laughs> up in arms about it. Unk, unk, I'm not I'm not just disagreeing with you because you called us both out at the start, but I've got to agree with Kaya. <laughs> I really? I agree with him. It was a weak stoppage, but... Um, that Lawson, man, he just, just covered up into his shell. He just he unanswered about 12 shots. Just I mean, Don't get me wrong. There was all arms and there mm. weren't anything that hit him that was significant. But just you can't just go into a shell and have all those unanswered shots. Terrible stoppage. But um, that Lawson shouldn't even be in the ring with that Ortiz. That's the nah. truth. He would have got ironed out in the first round anyway, in my opinion. 100%. Yeah. 100%. But it was a terrible stoppage. Yeah, terrible, terrible stoppage. stoppage. We're all in agreement with that. But afterwards... So let me just get it up here. Afterwards, Tony Weeks come. Oh, you cunt! I've just fucking got at it on here. I've lost it on fucking Twitter. I've got. I've just got Twitter right. I, I never use Twitter. I've only got it because you two send me stuff all the time, and uh, my Twitter is just Joey Barton. Fucking hell, that cunt is fucking on one, isn't he? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Well, he's the talk Twitter's of the town, a isn't shit he? I tell you what, all the porn on Twitter as well. I went on there. I let all the porn on there now. Fuck me, I didn't even know that. Fucking yeah. result. I fucking use that in future. Yeah, listen, little trick when you go on holiday, boys. Little trick when you go on holiday. You know, go in these hotels and they don't let you have porn on their Wi-Fi. Go on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> there's enough there's enough clips on there to do the job trust me proper tips <laughs> right proper tips from the proper podcast what a trio of pervs right anyway so tony weeks he said this what the public don't know is that prior to the fight they did a brain scan on him and it came up that he had an aneurysm and they did a test again what? and the same aneurysm came up another doctor was brought in and gave him the same examination he tested negative for the aneurysm, so they cleared him to fight. So he failed two ane- two tests for aneurysms, and then passed one, and they said you can fight. So now, what do you think of the stoppage? Because Tony Weeks is saying that's why well, I did fucking it. Fucking hell! Shame on Oscar De La Hoya then. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh, hold on. There's more to that. There's more to that. That was a Facebook post by Tony Weeks, the referee, and then he deleted it. 
That's right. the other thing around that. He put that out there, then he deleted yeah, it straight uh, away. Oscar, but, De La, Oscar De La Hoya probably went round there all coked up and tried to fucking batter him. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, question to, my question is this. Now that's come to light, who's the doctor that gave Lawson the clear? Like, is it a little Oscar De La Hoya doctor? Like, who's is. the doctor that's giving him the all clear to, to fight? So who is he? Like, who who's watching the watcher? Do you know what I mean? Who who is this guy? There needs to be an investigation. But then who's, the, who's going to do the is. investigation? Outrageous. If Outrageous. it's true, honestly, I think Tony Weeks is a hero. If it's true, he couldn't stop the fight from going ahead. And if he had that in the back of his mind, then he had to he had to stop the fight when he had the opportunity to. When a flurry of shots are going at the geezer, like you've got to stop it, ain't you? But it's it's shame on everyone involved. Fucking shame on everyone involved. It may have got to yeah, the point Tony where... but Tony Weeks is in there taking a salary, though. You know, if he's if he's that high and fucking mighty about it, don't even don't even ref the fight. If you feel that, you know, if you're going to start calling it out afterwards, don't even be in there refing the fight, taking your taking your purse for the fight as a referee. You say no, that, you know, but he he, all, he might have all, been uh, the best person to ref that fight because I know he's had some dodgy stoppages in the past, but he may, in a way he may have been the best person to referee that fight because he had the care and attention for Lawson and he knew what he was going in there. He knew that he would do what he did, whereas another referee might not do it. So, in a way, he had Lawson's best interests at heart, if all this is true. Anyway, either way, yeah, shame on Golden Boy, shame on everyone involved, because it should never have fucking gone ahead. What's his excuse uh, against Romero and Barossa? What was Tony Weeks' excuse in that fight? No, that's what I say. How long ago was that? That was, what, two or three months ago? That's what I say. He, He ain't got a great track record. But then that's the same referee, that's the same referee that refereed Corrales v Castillo. One of the greatest fights ever. How many times did fighters get knocked down there? Like, absolute war. So, the amount of fights, like, unbelievable world championship fights that he's refereed and, uh, you know, the promoters that he's worked with, he's probably got enough dirt on loads of people. Like, how common is this? Is that true? Why would he write that and then delete it? A Hall of Famer referee. Because he's getting a load of shit for the for the stoppage, isn't he? He's getting a load of shit probably on Yeah, so he's he's come out firing as in, no, 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 this is what's really Mm. going on. And now all of a sudden he's deleted it because he's obviously liable, maybe some of the stuff he he said. Have you got proof? Because if you ain't, you could get brought to court, mate. John, I reckon this goes on all the time, mate. Like even Muhammad Ali going back to when he went in there with Larry Holmes, you know, the the that that fight that you know people don't like watching um that that he wasn't he wasn't fit to fight that fight but some doctor passed him some Las Vegas doctor backstreet mm. doctor passed him and gave him a license he weren't supposed to fight he was already showing signs of deterioration so anything like that is going to be some dodgy little doctor down some alleyway somewhere that you can pay a load of money to and he'll just clear it wouldn't he horrible horrible should never be allowed to happen but what can you do the whole thing's a bit of a shit show, really. Is that true? Is that not? If there's anyone prominent in boxing that listens to this podcast, get your evidence and then just be a whistleblower and just set a fucking bomb off, mate, because we just need changing boxing. Because if that is true that that's happened and that poor Lawson could have literally died in a ring, he's got an aneurysm on his brain and he's been allowed to fight just for a little paycheck, which wouldn't have been a lot of money. Obviously, he hasn't got a lot of money. It's bullshit. Send it to us. On Twitter from a dodgy account, <laughs> we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll announce it on here, <laughs> or will we? First of all, let's have Joey Barton on as a guest, and we can <laughs> discuss the, the general politics with Barton. Once we deal with that, yeah. I'd, I'd like to hear his views on the new trans USA boxing policy. Fuck you, know. <laughs> oh, 
anyway, yeah, if if that is true, the old uh, Lawson and Ortiz situation, then um, shame on everyone involved. And it only went ahead for money, didn't it? But um, yeah, we don't know if it's true or false yet. So we'll find out in due course. Just quickly, uh, the Tim Zoo fight. What do you think of that for Virgil Ortiz, Kai? Oh, fucking hell. Do you know what, mate? First first things first, I bet all the welterweights are going, thank fuck he's gone up to 154. Connor, see, Conor yeah. Ben never really mentions his name. Or he's calling out boots and that, but there's not many people on this planet that start speaking the name of Virgil Ortiz Jr., I'll tell you that. So now he's at 154. He looks stronger. He's, you know, you can just tell by his frame, his, the colour of his skin. He don't look like he's fucking drained himself at the weight. Um yeah, I think that's a that's a that's a ballsy move calling out Tim Zoo. Both sharpshooters, both bangers. But you know what? If you're gonna if you're gonna go for it, I suppose go for the, the the guys at the top of the division. You know what I mean? He's an elite fighter anyway, Virgil Ortiz. If you put a gun to my head now, though, I think Tim Zoo's might be a little bit too much at 154. Yeah. I do because I think I Virgil agree. Ortiz gets hit. I've seen him get wobbled. Before. So does Tim Zoo, mate. So does Tim Zoo. Does he? Yeah. He gets hit. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He can get quite square on and get hit. He can. Yeah, maybe. Definitely. Puck of fighter. He's got bundles of power and believes in his power as well coming forward. But um, listen, mate, um, Ortiz, mate, he's won like loads of amateur uh, golden gloves and that. He's He's got a good amateur background. Geezer can fight. He's slippery. He's got his tucks those elbows in, comes forward, slip shots. Um, Jab. Fight, you know, throws... Great jab, throws like those little short chopping hooks, uh, yeah. finds angles. He's a fucking nightmare, absolute nightmare. Mm. I'll, I'll go as far as to say... Does he beat Tim Zoo? Oh, it's a fucking great fight. It's a great fight. I, 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 do you know what? The size he's just come up and Tim Zoo, obviously, he's, he's been campaigning at that level. But I would... My gut, I would go off the top. My early prediction, I'd say Ortiz. You know that? I'd say Ortiz. Tough Close. fight, though. Amazing fight. What about you, Unc? I, I think Tim Zoo, just about, just about. I think he's a fucking different beast. Right, I, wa- I want to go on to Arta Baturbiev and Smith, but yeah, just quickly. The new trans USA boxing policy. Oh, fuck <laughs> Do we need <laughs> to even know. talk about it? It's a load of bollocks. It's not, actually. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's literally not. No trainer in the world is putting their female fighter in with a trans fighter. No trainer in the world would do that. So this is not even going to get off the ground, is it? Let's be honest. It's been done in MMA, mate. It's been done, they've done it in MMA. When? I watched a clip the other day, some girl get battered by some geezer, and then the geezer got on the mic, and he was talking he went, to like... Oh, the, the, with his deep voice? Yeah. No way. Deepest voice. <laughs> Big, massive, like, head, chin, and just a uh, deep voice. He's just like, what the fuck is going on here? What 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 is going on? Are we all living in a fucking crazy simulation here? It's madness. My opinion on it is no, 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 no. I don't even think we should be concerned ourselves, oh, it's just a boxing thing. This is an all-sports thing. If you are a biological man, that's it. You can't just all of a sudden say, I'm transitioning to a female and going to female About the hormone levels and all that they're going on I don't give a shit about that I don't know the why, but what's your... Your bone density, the size of your body, the width of your shoulders, all this stuff. You've got that Leah Thomas, that's a, the swimmer, won all those events in, in America, like championships and all that. Yeah. Beating female um, uh, female Olympians, beating them by like two lengths, like in a pool. It's ridiculous. 
Half yeah. the people are cheering. Were like he bowling around in the changing room with his Corey swinging around all over the gaff? I think he was. Yeah, it's madness. I think you're bang on though, Kai. I think the beauty of boxing is you you do kind of get to choose who you go in there with. If you're facing, if you're playing football, if the women's football and you're playing football against another team and they've got what used to be a bloke on their team, you ain't really got a choice. You've still got to face that team. Same with swimming and the Olympics and all that. You've got to face who you're going up against because it's all it's all done that way. With the boxing, you can you can pick and choose, cherry pick and whatnot. So I think you're right. What 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 sane trainer is going to let his lady go in there with what used to be a bloke? It's not going to happen, is it? So, um, yeah, I think you're right. Do you know what, as well, that no one mentions? I haven't heard anyone with this take, right? It's just popped in my head. Why don't you ever see women that transitions to men going into men's sports? Why? You don't see it because they'll never fucking win. They'll, you know, if they were shit in their own sport, they're going to be even worse in a man's sport. So that's just a fact. It's not sexist. You never see it. It's always the other way around, isn't it? Because they've, they've taken advantage of their situation. That's it's, what I think. I, anyway. I, I don't think, like, even like, if you want to be Miss World, like, didn't a, a man transition to a woman and win Miss World the other day? Fuck off. Hold Just on, mate. Stop. Hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You, I've been to Thailand as a younger man, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've got to be honest. <laughs> it is quite hard to distinguish. Oh, isn't it? <laughs> you're coming right. so I, uh, shit today, man. Listen, mate, I saw Miss Kosamui, who used to be a man. This was years and years ago. I went to fucking Thailand. The most stunning human being I've ever seen in my life, mate, was a man. You could never tell the difference. So maybe that maybe it's a bit more access- acceptable and uh, maybe that that part of the world. Who knows? It's all about dynamics, isn't it? It's all about body shapes. About, <laughs> but I'm, I don't know the science of this stuff. But especially around around the sort of when they they say they drop the hormone levels so that they're on par with what a woman's hormone levels would be. But you can't tell me that that will completely change them to the strength and capacity of a woman. Surely they'll still have the attributes of a man within their body, within their skeletal structure within their muscles surely they'll still have them advantages there even if you change the hormone levels oh fuck knows i don't know (laughs) this is fucking getting heavy isn't it i don't know man common sense has not prevailed once again i think yeah 100 percent. like at the end of the day sport is sport it's meant to be a fair playing field like equal opportunities for everyone to rise to the top be victorious, earn the money from the sponsors or whatever it is, the, the accolade, the legacy, like winning trophies. It needs to be fair. So as far as I can see, like I've got two daughters. Like what's the point of me, you know, getting them tennis coaches, like bringing them to gymnastics, like getting them into swimming, getting them into boxing, wherever it is, if I want them to achieve something in life. And like a lot of people have, you know, strong family around them that like push them as youngsters to try and get them to the top. If when they do finally make it, some guy just turns around and says, oh, I'm going to be a woman now. And then all of a sudden he decides to be a woman, enters the, the competition and beats your daughter. Like, it's just not fair, is it? Do you know what I mean? It's all, it's all a phase in life, chaps. It ain't going to last, all this bollocks, all these pronouns and all this crap. It's not going to last. They're getting smaller and smaller, that group. You know, I want to fucking identify as a cat. You know, I want to walk down the road and identify as a fucking donkey or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's it's all going to fucking go away in, in the next five to ten years. No one's going to give a shit about it. And we're all going to go back to male, female and, you know, transsexuals, I suppose, as well. But all this other shit is just, yeah, it's ridiculous. Having said all that, um, 
I've got to admit, boys, that I have always wanted to get in the boxing ring, but I have always never been brave enough to do it, really. But I am thinking of changing my name to Propeta and fighting <laughs> the old name truly, and I think I could fucking win. So, um, yeah, that may be on the horizon. So look out for that. Misfits, if you want to sanction that, I'll get the operation underway. So moving on now. I'm so fucking excited for this fight. It's not often that I get up at 4am to watch a fight, but I am fucking getting up to watch this fight. Baturbiev versus Smith. So both boys have been very inactive. Smith, only one fight since 2022 on the Usyk Joshua undercard. Baturbiev, one fight last year, uh, about six or seven months before that as well. So a lot of inactivity. Baturbiev, 38 years old. In fact, I think he's 39 the week or two after the fight. So definitely pushing on. Callum Smith, we remember the Canelo fight. It was a very lacklustre performance. But did Canelo take away his weapon? Since then, Callum has looked very good. So, boys, let's get your thoughts on the fight. Johnny B, coming to you first. Baturbiev Smith, how do you see it going? I think this is a fight not to be missed. I think um, it will be a bloodbath. It's going to be an absolute war. Um, just look, the style, the way Baturbiev fights, he's just calculated, he comes forward, he's looking for a knockout, he, you know, he, he believes in his power, and um, he's just got he's just got so many ways he can hit you, on the left side, the right side, left hook, right over the top, like every punch in the book he has got, and um, yeah, and I say, he can he can walk you down, like he walked yard down, and he got yard out of there, we can, we can talk about the yard fight in a bit, um, you know, he had to come through a few shots that Yard landed in that fight. A lot of people saying, Baturbiev, oh, the age is catching up with him now. He's 39. But um, in the end, you know, got Yard out of there. The Joe Smith Jr. fight was a bit of a different fight because he was on the back foot in that fight. And then he was sort of countering Joe Smith Jr. And then he dropped Joe Smith Jr. a couple of times and got him out of there. So like, those two fights, recent fights, there's two styles that he's fought. One off the back foot, one off the front foot. Um, and you go and look at Callum Smith, Amazing fighter. He's got, you know, the height, the, the reach advantage on Baturbiev. Um, Amazing jab. He's great up close. You know, he's got really good body shots. And um, he's, he's he knows his way around the ring. He's got a good ring IQ. Um, now, before this fight, I might look at him and think, oh, do you know what? Like, Callum Smith, I could see this fight going to points. Like, I feel like he's a tough guy. He's big, strong. And I feel like, you know, with the age of Baturbiev, but then I was thinking about it, right? I was thinking, see that Canelo fight that Callum Smith had? I feel like in everything that Callum Smith has achieved in his career, right? World champion and Muhammad Ali trophy and all that, like some of the fighters that he's beat. I think when he puts his head on a pillow at night, I genuinely believe he has restless nights. Because I think that he thinks that everyone knows, all the hardcore fans, that when it came to the top, top, and you went out there and fought Canelo, you didn't die on your sword, Right? You just jabbed around, jabbed around, happy to get to the end. And it was a little bit of a poor performance. And when you look at his younger brother, uh, Liam Smith, or his smaller brother, should I say, he went out there against Canelo, put in a good performance, won a few rounds, you know, made Canelo make a few adjustments in the fight. It was quite a good fight, the Liam Smith fight. And uh, and then he got dropped, went out on his sword. Billy Joe Saunders went out on his sword. John Ryder went out on his sword. Then you look at Callum Smith, you're like, eh. So now I'm looking at this fight, I'm thinking to myself, do you know what? Callum Smith is going to go for broke in this fight. Yeah. If he doesn't, I don't think he wants all the fans saying, oh, you're that guy. 
that when it comes to it and there's the heat, you don't go out on your sword and you sort of bottle it and you just do what you can to manoeuvre yourself away from power and pain and get to the 12th round, right? You're speaking so sense, So I think boy. he's going to have to go for it in this fight. You're speaking sense, Johnny. I've got more you, to Johnny, say, but I'll throw it over. Johnny, you've saved your job today. <laughs> you was on your final warning, but I'm giving you two final warnings now. That was brilliant, that. Well done. Kaya, you're on your last legs, bruv. <laughs> I've got to be honest with you, mate. I don't agree with anything John just said. <laughs> <laughs> If um, I said my name's Johnny B, it'd go, that's bollocks. When you say die on your sword, what do you mean? What do you mean? What, he's got to go out there and get knocked out? Is that what you mean? Take a fucking risk, mate. Like what Yard did. Yeah. Take a risk. Sometimes you've got to get in there, throw off. Let your hands go. Let your right hand go. Take a His fucking risk. His left arm was, non, was, was non-existent in that fight. His bicep fucking swelled up like a watermelon. It just couldn't use his left arm. And that was due to Canelo's brilliance. So, you know. Yeah. How about the right arm? You're gonna fight. Arm. You're gonna start opening up and fighting Canelo with one hand. Throw your yeah. This oh, is mate. your moment against Canelo. <sighs> Fucking go some. Oh, you'll yeah, be a lot of good in the corner as yeah. a hype man, wouldn't yeah. you? Oh, your arms hurting you. Don't sit down. I'll take a little walk around. Go out there, use one arm against the best fighter on the planet. Let's see how that fucking works out for you, mate. You end up on the fucking floor. Your tongue hanging out your mouth. I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't totally agree with it. Did he go out on his die on his sword and all that? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. But there's different interpretations to that, isn't there? But I, I think um, Callum Smith is an excellent fighter. Also, bearing in mind he had seven weeks for that camp, right? Canelo deliberately gave him seven weeks. He's had a full camp for this. This is at 175 pound where he's looked monstrous. There has been a you know massive inactivity as well, and that's I think part. I don't know if he's been injured, but that's partially to do also with him waiting about for this title shot, however long that took to make. Um, so I think he's, this is a different Callan Smith. He should have moved up ages ago. That was his kind of last throw at the die. He should have moved up really after John Ryder yeah. beat him, if, if I'm being honest with you. Um, but he went he went along with it, went, went and got his Canelo money. Good luck to him. But I think this is Callum Smith. Callum Smith already had his moment in a boxing ring when he knocked out George Groves, slid on the floor on his knees, all his brothers jumped in, give him the belts, Happy days, right? But this will top it. Now he's so, be- hold on. What? So, you want to say all that shit about his arm, but hey, you want to talk about George Groves? He couldn't even fucking do a windmill with his left arm two months before he caught Callum Smith. You know what I'm saying? Your narrative to fit what you want to say. Well, hold on a minute. What's that, what's that got to do with anything? Because you're digging Callum Smith out. Who's when digging Callum Smith out? You're digging said, Callum Smith out. No, when I said that Callum Smith should have died on his sword and he should have thrown his hands a bit more against Canelo rather than being too defensive-minded. But yet, you're saying against... Uh, and look George what happens Groves, when you do. It's... You end up like George Groves, knocked out on the floor, mate, with one arm. That's what yeah, happens. But, uh, to me, at least he had a go. Just at least he just... had a go. Oh, well, you know... Mm. Did he have a go? Was he, was he ever going to Stevenson. win? Was, 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 was George Groves ever going to win that fight of one arm? He should never have taken the fight. Never. He should have maybe, but he couldn't prolong the fight because there was contractual issues and, you know, purses and that fucking tournament, I think, had been stretched out long enough anyway. So they were looking to finish the fight anyway. So George Groves just went in there. He knew he was going to retire anyway, took his paycheck and left. But in terms of this fight, I think this is Callum Smith's moment. Um, as I say, he's already had a moment in the ring, but I think this will top that moment because he'll become a two-weight world champion because I'm picking him to stop Baturbiev within six Ooh, rounds. I think he's going to go well, off. I, weren't I think he's going to be a, a, sh- a, sh- be a shootout, boys. Body shot. When I, when, when I saw the Anthony Yard fight, I saw enough in that fight to know that 
Paterbiev will slow down. He will. So as long as Callum don't do anything stupid like O'Hara Davis just did, right? Callum Smith has got the power to clean you out of one shot. Look what happened with Lennon Castillo. I know this is Baturbiev, but look what he did to Bordelik, right, as well. Yeah. He's powerful. He's a different animal at this weight. And when he catches Baturbiev, and he will, right, and I, it will be a straight shot from range because he's got the range, right? I don't think it will be something in close, like a body shot or anything like that. When he catches him and gets him going backwards, Callum will jump on him, and he's a very good finisher, right, as well. And I feel like he's a lot cleaner in his work than Anthony Yard. Anthony Yard's a bit messy. You know, I think maybe you can put that lack of amateur pedigree down to that. You know, he's learned on the job. But Callum Smith is an excellent technical fighter defensively as well. When he's throwing his shots, the other hand is always protecting the other side of the face. You know what I mean? It's He's really good in close as well. Really good at doing that. A bit too good at doing that against Canelo. How easy now, look. <laughs> Okay, no. look, look. So what? You're over because he, he he's he's under he's not many people mention Callum Smith's right hand, his backhand, and he's finished Brilliant. enough people with that. So when yeah, you're yeah, saying yeah. the backhand, yeah, I think it will be the backhand straight down the pipe, and I don't think he'll smother his work, and I think it will be just straight shots, and I think the referee will either jump in or he will knock him out cold. Honestly, believe it. Ooh, interesting, Johnny. Did you, Johnny? Did you go Callum Smith then as well? No, I'm going Baturbiev. Oh, I was going to say, going to the opposite one as me. Like, I I, I rate Callum Smith. I really do. I think he's a good fighter. He's been a bit inactive in his career, and um, I think he's wanted some of the fights, hasn't he? In the past, he wanted the Degal fight. I think he wanted the George Groves fight when George Groves was 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 more in his prime. Made it weren't coming off the back of a bad injury, so it's not his fault. I think he is a classy fighter. I agree with literally a lot of what Kai's saying, but I just think Baturbiev's that guy, man. Those. Dagestanis, just, they're just built from a different uh, uh, stuff. And I just think that he's got too many ways that he can beat you. I think he can hold a shot. He can take a shot. I just, I've never seen a fighter in all my life that can generate so much power yeah. from their guard. Throwing a punch from his guard. Like, yeah. when you throw a punch, the power comes from the floor, your hip, the way you twist your hip into it. If you're throwing a right, the way you just twist that hip, your shoulder... You come across same your left hook like when you're whipping shots in. It's like he don't even move his hips. He just seems to be able to generate power from his guard and just throw them up. And so inside he's a nightmare. On the outside, do you know what he does as well, Baturbi? Same thing as Canelo. He will close the distance so fast. One minute you think you've controlling the space and you've got him at range. Next minute, Baturbi's there. It's in front of your face. Fucking thing of horrors. You've got fucking Baturbi just looking at you right down your grill. And as you say, you can't hold him. There's nothing really to hold of him. Um, I think he's going to go late. And I think that um, I think he stops Callum Smith because I think Callum Smith will throw his hands and I think he's going to be prepared to get knocked out. I don't think he's going to have safety in mind and just be too worried about his power. He's going to get hit. He's going to hit Baturbiev. Then once it goes off, it's just going to go off. And yeah, and then I think Baturbiev beats him. I think he takes him out. I think he, uh, he knocks him out. So you think that Callum Smith... Will not will will die on his sword this time. hundred percent. I'll right. be so surprised if he don't. Like he's gonna get you know when you see, say like Fargo say Callum Smith Rocky Fielding, because I watched that last night because I knew he was doing this today. When Callum Smith was putting a beat down on Rocky Fielding, he had him in the corner and he was just hitting him there. Rocky Fielding, like was in Liverpool, like two scars that Rocky Fielding just started frying his hands and it's like caught him with one that, though, didn't he? Rocky did. Yeah, because he was he's like fuck. I'm in front of my own people here. So for me, I've got more respect for Rocky Fielding doing that 
then like Frederick Lawson is just fair covered enough. up, covered up, covered up, no, and it's no, like enough, trying mate. to see I'm, out the rand. I just I'll think see your point. ain't going to see out shit when it gets when it gets into the trenches. He's going to go for it. If he don't, then that's twice he's done that. Yeah, yeah. I, I see your point. I, I I don't know if there's anything admirable of. You know, if you've got one arm, you know you're going to get knocked out, just getting knocked out in front of all your family. I don't know if there's anything admirable in that. Maybe I'm, I don't know. I'm just maybe singing me from, singing from a different... What are you doing here, man? What do you want to see? I, I think if you've lost the fight and you can go the distance with the champion and no, come no, out not, there, I'm... you know, with your with your reputation nah. intact, you got you got to nah. think about moving forward as well, John, nah. in your career. If you nah. get ironed out, right... Some broken jaw or whatever, because you've gone out he and shield. He weren't getting battered do you think that's gonna, against Canelo. Oh, no, no, right, let me let me ask you this question: Do you think that devalues you, or you know your your career going forward? Do you think that means you're going to earn less in your next fight? You get knocked out, or if you've gone the distance with Canelo, do you think that you can command a, a bigger fee? Maybe I'm Just paying this, at, at the advocate. elite level. At the elite level, especially, I'm paying good money to watch boxing. It's a fight. Get in the ring, man. Win this fight. Like, go in there and try your best to win this fight. Knock that geezer out. Beat this guy up. It's a fight. Like, mm. don't go in there and just hide behind a jab. You're like six rounds, seven rounds. Like, go in there. Like, I don't know. Especially at the elite level. This is your moment to win that world title. To be that guy. To have that legacy. You're just going to, what, just let it pass you by. I know I what know, you mean. Man. He was already a world champion, though, at super middleweight. You know, maybe he'd done what he wanted to do. Maybe he just went for the money, John. And maybe he just wanted to last. You're probably right. You're probably right. There's a lot of elements to the equation. You know what I mean? Maybe if that was his only shot and he'd been waiting around for years, you might have seen a different Callum Smith. You've got to think about all the the storyline that builds up to that as well. No, I agree. Can I just say this one thing as well is what I'd say is that as another fighter that hasn't got the skills of Callum Smith, like maybe like a journeyman or whatever, European, I don't know, like another fighter that might not have that in them then maybe fair enough. But when you're talking about Callum Smith that's got the equaliser that could you know, knock anyone the fuck out, right? When you're at that level, you've got the skills. It's all there within you. Like, just take a risk and throw down and just fucking have it. And just, to me, you're at that level. You've got that. It's all there. But you I'd just hold to watch that it again. back to just get through I don't the remember fight. it. I don't remember the fight like he ran, Like, you're making it sound like he just fucking ran around the ring. I don't think it was that bad. No, it wasn't a running around the ring. He could have done more. He could have thrown his hands a bit more. It's like, go, talking about, like, yeah, I don't know. Go and watch it again. I I agree, but I think I think Canelo took away his his secret weapon, and Canelo's a genius. He knew he he knew if he um could take that left hand away, Callum was a bit fucked. And uh, I think once he took that away, Callum was basically surviving. I think he he never shows it, but I think he was really hurt on through his arm. Um, but he does uh, he's, he has really good defense, Callum, and uh, he might have a really good chin because I mean Canelo couldn't knock him out, so um. Anyway, going into this fight, yeah, I'm in a space of do I go in my head, do I go in my heart? Now, I think there could be a very, very good chance that we'll see a bit of age with Baturbiev here. Not just age, but the fact that he has been so inactive. I know Callan's been inactive as well, but Baturbiev has been inactive in the sense that he's had that jaw injury as well. I mean, you can't you can't be sparring when you've got a jaw injury, can you? How much work was he doing in that time? He's had a bit of time off there. So, ultimately, I don't think we'll see a 100% Baturbiev. I think we'll see a sort of 75 80% Baturbiev. Callum Smith, he's looked fantastic since he uh, went up to this weight. And as I say, he's got a very good chin. 
And that left hook counter is going to be the one thing that could that could win him the fight. I don't think we're going to see the Canelo version of Callum Smith because I made a video the other day and I said, they know Team Smith ain't thick. They know if they go in there like that and face Paterbiev in the way that he fought Canelo, even at the first few rounds um, before his uh, left arm got fucked, even before that, yeah, if they let Paterbiev get on top of him and uh, Callum is on the ropes, he's fucked. It's going to be over. He's probably going to get stopped. I can't see in a million years he's going to fight like that. He's going to go in there and I think he's going to go for broke. And uh, I think you said it a minute ago, Kaya, he won't want that hanging over him, that Canelo performance and this Paterbia performance being the same at the top level. So I think he's going to go in there. I think it's going to be an absolute fucking war. Bloodbath, I think. Um, I think he's going to catch him with quite quite a lot, really, Callum. He may even put him down. I can see that because I don't think he's going to be 100% for Terbiev. But I just... My heart wants Callum, but I've got to go over my head and say, I just think Terbiev is going to be that little bit too much for him. He's just so hard to knock out. So hard to knock out and so strong. And I think, whereas it will be a war for the most part, I think in the last few rounds, he may get Callum on them ropes a little bit more. And I think that's going to be the defining factor. So I'm going to go for a decision win for Beterbiev because I just think he'll have a little bit too much. Cool. A little bit too much. So you, so Johnny B, you got Beterbiev stoppage. Mm. Uncle, you got Beterbiev decision and I've got Callum Smith knockout. Well, one of us are going to look like a fucking cunt, didn't we? I've only, I've only got um, Beterbiev decision because I, Callum's clearly got good defence and he's clearly got a decent chin so um, yeah I think he can last it mm. And I, but I just I say I think he'll have a war I think it will be a war but I think Baturbiev will win the war in the later rounds and um, yeah that's where I'm going God, violence though this fight isn't it has anyone tested Callum Smith's chin I mean I don't remember Ryder really rocking him I don't remember Grove. Canelo did, did a bit. Canelo did a bit. Yeah, yeah, a few yeah, uppercuts. Yeah. I can't remember it. I don't feel like, you know, like... He's got I, a good chin, man. I don't, He's got yeah, a good defence, Callum Smith. I just sat like, off the top He's, of my head, when I think of the Ryder fight, when I think of the Canelo fight, the Groves fight, none of them were wars. None of them were wars. If you mm. look at um, the Terbiev... He that, can have a war, Callum. Yeah, but I'm, what I'm saying is, like, you're saying about age. He's 39, Callum Smith's 33, right? So sometimes you look in two fighters, you're like, what? How many but, rounds yeah. have you done? Like, is, have you too many wars, too many sparring, uh, um, uh, too much sparring? But that that fight that um, Baturbiev had with Grostik, yeah, the the Ukrainian fight, he retired that guy. That guy just beat uh, Adonis Stevenson, right? And that that was a mm. fucking war, absolute war. Uh, remember that fight against Marcus Brown? He had the big cut on his head, all the blood yeah. coming down, oh, he all that. Bashed the fuck out he had Marcus to make Brand. adjustments yeah. in that fight. You know, the way he finished that Marcus Brown, slippery southpaw, fucking to the body, just ended up just uh, targeting the body towards the end, took him out. It felt like a war. We had the big cut on his head, whatever. Uh, the yard fight, you know, took a bit of damage in the yard fight. So he has, I feel like he's had more battles than what Callum Smith has had. Um, but. 100%. Sometimes, look. Sometimes age catches up with you, and I think when you start, when you get like the best fighting the best, there's always going to be. Yeah, I could see Callum Smith catching him with body shot. Yeah, you could see Baturbiev catching him. No one's being surprised. But ultimately, you have to make a decision, innit? it? They've gone at my head, and I'm betting 
I think Baturbi have stops him late. I really do. The defining factor is once once they get in the ring and you see the first few rounds with Baturbiev, we'll know because if Baturbiev goes in there and he's not showing any signs of inactivity, age, he's still got all his faculties there. If you see that, then yeah, for me, it's just it's just end going to end up going one way. I still expect a great fight, but I still expect it to go one way. But if he gets in there and Callum does put it on him and maybe knocks him down in the first few rounds and has a bit of success, then it, yeah. As the bell rings, right, and they square off against each other, Callum Smith's got a five-inch reach advantage. Yeah, five deep. inches, quite a lot, isn't it? It's about three deep. or four inches mm. taller, five-inch re- reach, reach advantage. Fucking easy for me yeah. to say. I mean, look, I can't wait for it, boys. Honestly, it's <laughs> yeah. um, what a mouth-watering fight to kick off proceedings in 2024. You know, of all the, the fights we've got coming up, this is just an absolute treat. And the winner I mean, gets Bivol. out of the way. The win- winner gets Bivol in Saudi. Oh. Yeah, but then, do you know what? That's what I'm saying. Like, if, if Callum Bivol. Smith wins, if Callum, if Callum Smith wins, right, why well, fuck Bivol? Because he Lost fucking knows your Lost him a Fucking just not <laughs> going for the kill, man, against Lyndon after. I'm done with him and all these unanimous decision victories, man. He can fuck right off Bivol. Hello, hello, hello. Uh, mate, but at least you know what to... No what time to, for that, geezer. Yeah, no what, more, man. At least you know what selection to make if you ever fucking put Bivol in there again. But imagine how thing he's going to feel. I hope Yard. I hope um, if Smith loses, I hope I hope they make the Yard fight. I fucking I'd love that. I feel a bit sorry for Smith because when all the comments I've seen on all the videos that I've watched on like predictions for this fight, you've got probably seventy five percent of them saying, "Did you not see Canelo against Smith?" Like. Perturbia is going to be twice that fucking fighter that Canelo was that night. Do you know what I mean? So that everyone's predicting that Smith from the Canelo fight. It's a stupid comparison. It's not a good comparison because he's not going to do that this time. He can't do that this time. No. He's at a different weight, first and foremost. He's fighting at a different weight. He's a different man. He's drained at that weight. Like, yeah. So, yeah. So we're all different there, aren't we? Johnny, B, Johnny B's got a stoppage. I've got a uh, decision. And, uh, Kyle, you've got Callum Smith. Listen, as Brits, sorry to any uh, Russians or Canadians. He's like Canada now, isn't he, as well? So any Canadians. He, he, I think he's Dagestan, Russian, uh, but he, he moved to Montreal, didn't he, in Canada. So I think he's got Canadian citizenship. Yeah. Listen, we, we should be... Um, non-biased but um we've got to go for the brit here so we do hope callum brings home the bacon and um if he does where would you rank that in your greatest brit away wins johnny come to you first there's loads right there's quite a few right so we've all yeah we've all gone to pick a few so uh right and do you know what this is subjective isn't it it's like different Fights mean different things to different people. So I've got a few here. So the first one I picked was Darren Barker against Daniel Gill. I thought this was an... Imp- oh, I forgot about that. I know. This is what I'm saying. Because when I've done it, I'll come out with some obvious ones. And then Kyle's idea was, you know what? Just just pick like whatever ones. Like if it was a good victory on a way soil. So... That's a pucker it's one. It's a good one. So Darren Barker outpointed uh, Daniel Gill. You know, won the IBF middleweight title in Atlantic City. It was a split decision. Barkay was down in the sixth round, like a liver shot from uh, Gill. And then, do you know what? That fight, I watched it yesterday. And uh, from the first bell, Parker come out. He was just throwing punches, man. Like, so was Gill. They met in the middle of the ring. And um, it was like, it was it was a fight where when you watch it, like, they were both sort of making adjustments through the fight. 
Barker was like headhunting to begin with. Then he started going down to the body. Then he got a little bit drunk on his success and then he got dropped. Then in the sixth round, he got dropped and he stayed down for like the whole eight seconds and then got up. Then he, uh, then he, I think even maybe that he won the end of that round. The last minute, he was hurting Daniel Gill just before and he was sort of saved by the bell. So as a wicked, if you get a chance, what's that? The sixth round, uh, Barker v. Gill. And then, yeah, in the end, Barker come on strong towards the end of the fight. And then he won a split decision and won it on points. And it was the whole story. Like, he'd lost to Sergio Martinez, his other world title shot before. Um, and then, yeah, he had a few hip injuries. I think he had, tried to break up a fight in the street and he got beaten up in the street and all that. So he had all that leading up to the fight. Then he won the fight. Obviously, he sadly lost his brother and like dedicated the fight to his brother and all that. So it was just a great story to win on away soil. So, yeah, I picked that one for one of my ones. Yeah, that's brilliant. Listen, mate, look, there, there are all the obvious ones out there. you Kel Brooks, Nassim Ahmed against Kevin Kelly. But you know what I went for, which we didn't even say on our WhatsApp group? I can't believe it weren't mentioned. Carl Frotch against Jermaine Taylor. I've got it written down here. I've got it. No, you fucking I have. You're lying, mate. So that was, no, that was one of them. No, the one I like as well a lot of is James DeGal beating Andre Durrell, right for the IBF title. I love that yeah. as well. But my pick of the bunch, and this is just for, for Johnny B, right? It's when Chantel Cameron beat Katie Taylor. <laughs> <in Ireland. laughs> You're such a mug. So for me, it was easy to go for Fury Klitschko because I feel like the heavyweight division, a lot of people would agree, I think the heavyweight division is kind of the way it is now because of that night. Fury opened it up and uh, stopped the old stale... Klitschko years and um, yeah so I mean that was mega nobody expected him to win that but I've got a real soft spot for Cal Zaggy and Hopkins ain't never gonna let no white boy beat me <laughs> and he finally did beat him so uh, that was um, that was a special one but I think in, in regards to this fight I think that would be mm. way up there 100% Viterbiev is a beast and uh, not a lot of people are giving Callum any any props in this one I think the, the book he's had Paterbi have something like one to five, one to six, and Callum was like seven to two. Really? So, um, mm. yeah, so mm. he ain't get, he ain't have a lot of chance. Oh, I'm cleaning up, boys. Outside of this fight, another one that could really be up there um, when it happens is uh, Conor Ben against Peter Dobson. <laughs> <laughs> right then, let's oh, move on. Mate. So, Anthony Joshua versus Francis Ngannou. Are we surprised? Well, I'm not, personally. Obviously, I'd have loved a bit of Zhang. I wouldn't have minded Hergovic, however. I kind of wanted the Hergovic fight to be for a world title, but we didn't know if that was going to happen. We didn't know if they was going to vacate, blah, blah, blah. So um, I was praying for Zhang, but I knew it would never happen. And I think a lot of people knew this would happen. Um, And it is a very shrewd business move. If he knocks him out and demolishes him, He's just knocked out Wallin. He's now knocked out Ngannou. It looks very good against Fury's performances with them two, and it makes the Fury fight <clears throat> massive at the end of the year. Regardless, really, if Fury beats Usyk or not, it makes it huge. So, this fight is on the way, March the 9th, which is a Friday, apparently. So, a Friday night. Call it on. Mm. And, um, Fucking hell. And, yeah. Let's uh, let's get your predictions based on we've only seen him in the ring once, but based on the Fury and Garnu fight, 
What do we expect to happen in the Joshua and Garnu fight? Coming to you, Johnny B, first. Fire away. First of all, is this good news or is this bad news? Because let's be real. The Saudis, Turkey Al-Sheikh, we love you, bruv. Enough respects. Massive thanks to Turkey Al-Sheikh for everything you're doing in Saudi. However, what have you done for me lately is what I'm thinking. Because I'm thinking myself, Wilder, Parker, yeah. Anthony Joshua Wallin, yeah. I would have rather seen Anthony Joshua v. Wilder. We didn't get that. Fury v. Ngannou. Fury v. An MMA fighters had one fight. And now we're talking about Anthony Joshua against Ngannou. So let's just cut through all the razzmatazz. Are these really the fights we want to see? Like, really, really? Like, I get why Anthony Joshua and Eddie Earn are going to go after the Ngannou fight. Ngannou, I mean, he's fucking had it off, isn't he? First fight against the fight, Tyson Fury, the lineal champion and all that shit. Second fight against the fight, Anthony Joshua, the face of boxing. He's fucking had it off, isn't he? Fucking two fights ago, he was fucking fighting in MMA. Madness. So... I ain't sure am I 100% all on board with this. This is what I'm saying. So I'm going to look at Anthony Joshua now and I'm going to say this. You lost twice to Usyk. I agree. The second fight against Usyk, much better performance than the... Hello, Turkey. Yeah, no, I'm sorry about what he said there. Don't listen to him, bruv. You're doing a fucking blinding job, honestly. I've I've told him he's on his last warning because we didn't get in the podcast award. So this is this is it, mate. Don't worry. Don't listen to him. He's out. All right, he's a goner. All right, bruv. You carry on as you are. I love you, Turkey. And I was a bit jealous to see Frank holding your hand the other day. So uh, I'd like to be holding your hand next time myself. Love you. Good night. Oh, mate. Watch what you're saying around the double turkey, bruv. Right, so look, all I'm saying is this, right, is that since he's been back, we've had Jermaine Franklin, right, not on AJ's level. We've had Hellenius, we've had Otto Wallin, and now we're going to get Ngannou. That's four fights. We're talking about Anthony Joshua, elite boxing, right? So all I want to see is the best fight the best. But for the last four fights, I'm not seeing that in Anthony Joshua. But I'm on board... Because I love you, Turkey Alashake, right? I love you. I love the Saudis. I love what they're doing. And I agree, I'm on board with the vision. Because this is potentially a narrative fight. Because if Anthony Joshua goes in there and he knocks out Ngannou, he could, no matter if Tyson Fury beats Usyk, Tyson Fury can't just say you're a pumped-up <clears> bodybuilder <throat> to Anthony Joshua. Because Joshua can turn around and say, I knocked out Otto Wallin, who you had a life and death with, yeah? The fight should have been stopped. I went in there and I knocked out Ngannou, who everyone thought beat you. So I don't give a fuck you beat Usyk. If you all of the, all of the top fights fight each other, some will win, some will lose. Do you want to fight yay or nay? And everyone will get behind Anthony Joshua. So I agree, it's a great narrative fight. But come on, man, come on! I want to see the best boxers fight the best boxers. No? Yeah, but John, you're blaming the wrong person, man. Blame Wilder. Wilder's fucked it all up, any? Let's be honest. Yep, true. True, yeah, I agree. But I mean, I mean, we're all sort of saying like, Wilder is, is, is he a bit of a fraud in the in the first place? I think the great thing that the Saudis are doing now is that I suppose if they are going to put your Parkers v Wilders on and stuff like that, a lot of fighters will be shown to are they a fraud or not? Because there more fighters are going to lose. Like an interesting fact is this: Joe Joyce never threw a punch, and all of a sudden everyone's like, "Rah, will you beat Daniel Dubois?" And you beat Joe Parker. So all of a sudden, Joe Joyce's stock has risen. And he ain't yeah. even thrown a fucking punch. So mm. it's good what the Saudis are doing. But I just want to see... I, I totally agree. But what, what were they supposed to do? Because uh, they was never going to fight Zhang, right? 
it was never going to happen. It's too much of a risk. Why? Why? Right now, listen, listen, Why? listen. Because in a business sense, when you've got the prospect of the Fury fight at the end of the year, you don't want to go in there yeah, and I lose agree, to Zhang. As boxing fans, yeah. obviously, we all want to see Zhang, right? But after Wilder lost, they weren't going to fight Zhang. Who was they going to fight? Parker? Is that an end of Riyadh season fight? Is that that's supposed to... Mark, this March the 9th is essentially supposed to be their biggest fight, biggest moment of the year, the end of the Riyadh season. It's like the closing ceremony for the Olympics. So you, Joshua versus Parker... Does that get everyone's nuts fucking flowing? Not really. But I shouldn't it be? Shouldn't it be on merit? Shouldn't when you watch a fight? Shouldn't it be on merit? Like, what have you done for me? Like, why is Engano just knocked Fury right? on his ass, John? Who didn't he just Engano? Just everyone saying Engano. Well, you don't Fury. think Zhang has done more in boxing than Engano to deserve yeah. a shot, Anthony Joshua? Yeah, but you're saying what have you done for me lately? When you're saying what have you done for me lately? Francis Engano. Has done a lot for you lately, no? Is he not? Yeah, no, he has. I know, I know. I know. I'm, I'm not <laughs> mad about it. I'm happy for it. I'll watch it. Like, I've got some. Sh- I watched. I was watching Ngannou Tyson Fury last night as well. Went down a rabbit hole. I rate Ngannou. I thought he fought brilliantly against Tyson Fury. I think Tyson Fury overlooked him. I think the element mm. of surprise has gone now for Ngannou. So Anthony Joshua's got a different fighter. He's going to be fighting. But Ngannou was good against Fury. He was solid, had a brilliant construct. He was going southpaw. Right, let orthodox. me put it to you this way then. If he'd have beaten Fury, would you be happy with this fight then? I'm at, look, I'm happy with it anyway. But I'm, what I'm trying to say to you two and to anyone listening is, is that, like, come, like, look at what the Saudis have done so far. I'm like, we ain't, once we get Fury Usyk over the line and actually fucking fight then there's a real fight I've seen over there with all this money floating around. But so far, Fury v. Ngannou, Joshua v. Ngannou, Joshua v. Otto Wallin, like, I just, I don't know. I personally think it's the perfect fight for him right now. Absolutely spot on. It's like the stars of a lion for Anthony Joshua. Madness, boxing world, how it can change the last six months, you know. You know, He's going in there now, he's mopping up all the Tyson Fury's questionable performances, you know, showing the boxing world, you know, how it how it should be done when an elite heavyweight fights, um, you know, people that are not on their level, like as you see what he did to Otto Wellin. And in my opinion, Tyson, this is all it's all about diminishing Tyson Fury's legacy. It, it's got a lot to do with that as well. You know, his legacy has gone to shit in the last month, just slowly diminishing in front of our very own eyes. You know what I mean? Just Starting off with last year, all these stupid fights falling through, stupid deadlines, you know what I mean? Sign on here or next week or I'm going to go fight Derek Chisora and all that. Everyone started losing patience with that. Then he eventually announces a fight, happens to be Francis Ngannou. Everyone laughs at it, including me. You know, how he's got, you know, what's Francis Ngannou doing in there? Then he gets put on his Aris and embarrassingly comes away with a victory, you know, in a really close fight, a fight that a lot of people thought he lost. And then this is all before we get the day of reckoning. So his, his legacy is already going downhill. And then we get the day of reckoning to shit on his legacy even more. Joshua fights his old nemesis, Otto Wallin, the same man that split his eye open. It looked, you know, looked like he got hit by a cricket bat. And then his best pal, Joe Parker, puts a beat down on the geezer that he calls the scariest man alive. Um, you know, that's what Tyson Fury wants us to believe. So all those t- Wilder wins have aged like fish. 
Even the one you said earlier on, you know, when you buy fish from a supermarket, it goes bad, doesn't it? After a couple of days, you've got to cook it or fry it out. That's Tyson Fury's wilder winds. They're all like fish, all stink <laughs> like trout and salmon. It's just like, this is all part of the narrative. And honestly, when you look at the path ahead for Anthony Joshua, go and beat up Francis Ngannou, which ain't going to be, you know, easy, by the way, I don't think, because people keep calling him a UFC fighter. You've got to remember, this man come from boxing. He weren't no elite-level boxer, fair enough, but he wanted to be Mike Tyson when he walked into a gym. He studied the art of throwing his hands before he, before he even attempted uh, mixed martial arts. So people should understand that about Francis Ngannou. He's not... They haven't just found him out the fucking road and dragged him in and you know, you're on a fight. You know, he's he's a he's a martial artist. He's a fighter. So it's not going to be, even though when I say it's not going to be easy, it should be easy enough because Joshua is what he says he is. He'll just walk through him in six rounds, in my opinion. So then you've got the Otto Wallin, you've got Francis Ngannou, you've got the IBF belt, which is going to be dropped anyway uh, once they have the first fight. And, you know, and then he'll fight Hergovic for the IBF belt. Then he'll have back, back end of the year, it's all lined up for a massive unification, uh, sorry, undisputed fight. And I, I'll end on this, right? I'll go as far as to say this. I don't even think Tyson Fury would have fought Usyk had all this shit not have happened in the last three months, four months. I think he's been forced into this fight. I think he would have money. found a way. Well, yeah, it's with money. Money's forced Money, in yeah, but money, and yeah, yeah, maybe. But even then, like, he weren't jumping out of his chair to fight Usyk because he knows how good Usyk is. And now he's thinking, fuck it, if I lose, I lose. You know, I'm getting 100 million. Is right, he, right. he going to fight him? It's all going a bit quiet, isn't it? Fuck it, no, no undercard. That's yet. what I'm saying. Like, is he even going to get in the ring? I wouldn't be surprised if I he gets called I wouldn't be off. surprised either. I no. wouldn't be surprised. I'm telling you now, boys. Everyone, everyone shares it's that. It's like he's too cornered. much money, though. Yeah, but, that's the only but thing, yeah. if he does the unthinkable and beats Usyk, then you're looking at the biggest fight. And providing Joshua beats Hergovic and takes the belt, you're looking at the biggest fight ever in boxing, ever in the yeah. history of the sport. And, and for that reason, I'm on board with it, boys, and I'll be excited about it because it's a narrative fight. If he yeah. goes in there and beats him and he stops him, like he should do, Anthony Joshua, it, the potential for the biggest fight of the century, the biggest fight ever, Anthony Joshua v. Tyson Fury, if Tyson Fury beats Usyk, it could be, it'd be a monster, absolute monster. But I'm just like, I noticed in the week that Billy Nelson's piping up about Martin Bacoli saying that the WBA are going to order Bacoli v. Anthony mm. Joshua to become yeah. mandatory for the WBA. And then I was thinking, like, poor Bacoli. Why is Bacoli not getting any Saudi money? And I was looking down at his resume... I'm thinking, he, uh, he had that Takem. puck of fight with Hunter, didn't he? And he lost to Hunter. So he took a risk. Good fight with Hunter. He got Tony remember, Oka Hunter had a quality fight with Usyk, right? So he's a quality fighter, Hunter. He lost that fight, right? Then since that fight, Marius Wack, you know, Kingpin Johnson, he goes a distance of a lot of people. Bacoli blew him out of there. Kuzman, Tony Yoka, Takam. So he's come back and he's had those fights to put him back in contention. And then he's ranked... Number one in the WBA, number seven in the WBC, 11 in the IBF. I'm well, just he'll get thinking, his shot then. He'll get his shot. Yeah, like, let's get him on the card. Let's get him in there with bloody Dubois and Joe Parker and all that. Do you know what I mean? What about Zhang? Zhang versus Bacoli. You, have, you, have, you having that? Yeah. Oh, fuck it. Fucking am I? I oh, poor old Bacoli, if that happens. Jesus Mr. Christ. Mr. Turkey Aliel Shake will pack that undercard. It will be fucking packed. And I think that's part of the reason they've picked Ngannou as well. Because the whole of Africa will watch that fight. That's number one, right? They're both from African descent. So the numbers will perfect be... perfect then. Well, exactly. Get exactly. him on the card. Yeah. You know, it will just be... The numbers for this will be astronomical. 
astronomical. So I expect a ridiculous undercard, maybe even better than the day of reckoning. Bacoli did get that uh, Takam fight on the undercard of Fury and Garner, didn't he? So he has got a little bit of Saudi money and uh, mm. he's the only boxer fighter to um, have any part in it so far. But um, just just aside from that, do you see what Bacoli said about Fury in that camp? He said that Fury was only sparring like three or four rounds and he said he was just switched off. He said he weren't, his head weren't in it um, for the Nganu fight, which would make a lot of sense. Um, again, if it's true, but yeah, um, he basically said he weren't, he weren't all there for it. Mate, listen, all I know with that, that Fury fight, he's, his body ain't, it doesn't look like he's got a strong body and he definitely looked a bit out of shape in that yeah. fight, right? But all I know, you go and watch that fight back, Fury and Garnu. the first 10 seconds of the fight comes out one, two, straight down the pipe. He just went to put the pressure on Garnu to let him know he's there, right? Garnu just shook it off. It's like hitting a heavy bag. Every time uh, Fury threw his hands and he threw his hands a lot in that fight, it was just bouncing off Garnu. Then Ngannou would just hold his structure, walk forward, vroom, find that left hook, find that right. Then he was changing to southpaw. Element of surprise. It, it, it fucking startled him. 100%. What, what's your prediction? I think you'll just smash him to pieces, really. I, I think that was an absolutely dreadful Tyson Fury. And when he got knocked down, I don't think he was very hurt. I just think he was worried about losing because he knew he had... I think he was worried about getting knocked down once more and potentially losing the fight and losing the Usyk purse. I think that was playing on his mind, which is why he was shit afterwards. But I think if you put in if you put in the Fury from Wilder Free, I think if you put that Fury in there and does and he goes toe to toe with um Ngannou, I think he knocks Ngannou out or at least you know, puts him down and stops him. And I think going into this fight, I think Joshua's going to be fucking beastly. I think the only jeopardy for Joshua is the fact that Ngannou's bound to have a fucking nutty, solid chin. So he may have to absolutely demolish him to stop Ngannou, but I think he could do it. Um, so Ngannou's going to have a good chin. He's going to take a lot, but I think Joshua will eventually get there. And, um, yeah, I don't see it lasting more than eight rounds, if I'm honest. What are you saying, Sam? Kaya? I think Joshua blitzes him. Blitzes him in six rounds. You've got to say that off the back of the off the back of the Wallin fight. You've got to say yeah, that. Yeah, I think there's too much variation. I think too spiteful. He'll be worried about what's coming back. He will, because Ngannou's a big, solid heavyweight man. And, you know, he'll be concerned about that. But he's got the, you know, boxing IQ to just probably win on points if he wants to. But I think um it's all about it's all about making a statement now and I don't think Ngano uh will be able to live up to it. So yeah. We'll we'll do it we'll do loads of pieces on this closer to the time I imagine. I think we're gonna see the Anthony Joshua that fought Hellenius. I think we see that guy. I don't think we see the Anthony Joshua that fought Wallin. I think he's gonna be a little bit more conservative. I don't think he's gonna just throw his hands no, I agree. Uh, as much I agree. I think he's just going to, because I think, you know, even if he win, if he wins every round, he just puts a masterclass on him and he don't get him out of there, you can still dine out on that because, you say, yeah. it was a life or death sort of thing with, with Tyson Fury and Ngannou. So I feel like in the back of his mind, I think he's just going to be 
cold, calculated, getting behind the jab, using his uh, his foot, uh, maneuvering around the body, little angles. Yeah, a little bit downstairs, but yeah, I reckon he stops him late or maybe, uh, yeah, maybe maybe points. Do you think too many people are getting hung up on uh, Ngannou's power? I know in the, in the MMA and the UFC, it's there, but boxers load up differently, don't they? No, that, that, it, there was nothing behind that left hook that he threw, was there? No, that's what I mean. Do you really think Ngannou is one of the most explosive punchers in boxing, as he is in the UFC? Well, I've only seen him throw fucking five hundred punches in boxing. Yeah, true. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't it doesn't always translate, does it? Because the way that the way that the way that UFC you load up for UFC it is it is generally different in boxing, isn't it? I don't know the science behind it, but it is. This man has come out from the sand dunes of Cameroon, mate, digging sands with his hands. He's got that inner strength, mate. I reckon he can. I reckon he can move a man with a jab. Yeah, I reckon he's got. I think he's got frightening power. You do. You got to be yeah, really he, careful of it. He's you no. Know, he's got a good. He's he's his stance and like that comfortability in that mid range or up close. Like he ain't blinking when he's throwing punches. He's fucking wide awake right there in your face. And uh, yeah, he's got a good stance. His feet are planted and yeah, he's got to pick him apart. He dropped. Did you see? He's got to pick stand. Pick him apart with your boxing ability. Problem. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Just. I want to get your thoughts on Simon Jordan the other day talking about no atmosphere in Saudi. What do you what do you reckon on that? I thought it was a bit of a moot point myself. It's the perfect time to speak about it because you know what? Simon Jordan was correct when he was talking to Frank Warren about the atmosphere because the Wilder Parker fight and the Joshua Wallin fight, you couldn't really hear any atmosphere. There was no atmosphere really. I, I couldn't hear it through the TV. But I watched the fight last night of Ngannou Fury, fucking great atmosphere. Every punch that was getting thrown, the crowd were like, it was like a fucking pantomime. Like, if you go and watch that fight back, there was quite a good atmosphere there. There was quite a lot, way, way, like, because there was bombs being thrown, but maybe it says more about the fucking two big fights that we see uh, uh, in Saudi. uh, Like, like, let's be real about Parker, because everyone's fucking dining out on Parker now. Let's be right, real. Didn't even lay a scratch on, on Wilder, did he really? Like, he, he had a good go, and it was a good game plan. But after the fight, Wilder could have fought another 12 rounds. There was no dent on him. Throwing from, like, out of range. A couple of them connected and that. But it was more about Wilder not throwing his hands, really, where he, he, he lost the fight, than it being a good fight. I mean, and uh, and uh, Otto Wallin just went into his shell. And Anthony Joshua just... There was no jeopardy in that fight. So both fights, they weren't really... Oh, they, they the didn't get... live up to it. Yeah, they didn't. Nah, I agree. I no agree the way. whole card was a bit like that, if I'm being honest. Now, in hindsight, Miller. I'm going to mention the elephant in the room, right? One word, beer. <laughs> that simple. Yeah. <laughs> Make yeah, it a bit like Dubai. Beer. Relax the laws. They will one day. Let a pe- few people have a few drinks. And I know it's a bit silly and it's a bit of a Western... Westernized comment there. Do you know what I mean? I've got to respect their cultures. They don't want alcohol in their, in their country. I get it. You know what I mean? It's um, uh, it's just their culture, isn't it? But if you want, if you want an answer to why there's lack of atmosphere, it's beer. Give these people beer, and you'll get an atmosphere. It's that simple. Right. As we move on to the potential of Zhang versus Wilder, can we just give big props to one man? Joseph Parker, who agreed terms with Zhang to fight Zhang and agreed to fight Wilder and fought Wilder. 
how much bottle has that man got? And I mention this because you've got twonks like Ryan fucking Garcia going a different route and not fighting Haney. Do you know what I mean? Like, Parker, you get all the props mm. in the world, man. Pure balls, pure bollocks are going in there against these men. In regards to this Zhang versus Wilder fight, do you reckon that fight will happen, Johnny B? Does Wilder deserve it? You can go down that road, but it's another narrative fight, isn't it, really? Because it's like Wilder, people saying he should retire, but then could you just say that was one bad day at the office? Because if all of a sudden, it's the perfect fight for Wilder, I'd take whatever money or percentages thrown yeah. at me if I'm Wilder. Because if you can go in there and just land that one shot, because I think we'd all agree, Zhang outboxes the guy handily over 12 rounds. But if you can land that one shot and get, how old is Zhang? I fucking hell, get the teeth tested on him, mate, because he ain't fucking 40 either. <laughs> I think he's, uh, his brother is fucking Barossa, man. I think he's 50 and all. But he, uh, if he can knock out Zhang, all of a sudden, fucking bomb squad, he's back in play, isn't he? He's back yeah. in play. He's got a big enough Great head fight. to hit. He might lose that. Not he might lose that glove up one of his nostrils if he's not careful, though. <laughs> yeah, does he deserve it? I mean, Zhang deserves the Wilder fight because if he gets to fight Wilder, he gets a lot of money for it, doesn't he? But um, who was the other fight they were starting? Was they saying Zhang Parker? Is that yeah. he signed the Parker fight, but then Zhang didn't want it? When I sent a video to uh, Kai the other day about it was a video of Zhang. And he was doing an interview and he had his phone on the table and the, the phone was looking up at him and uh, and Kaya said, fucking hell, you wouldn't want to give your bugle to him, would you? He'd fucking over the lot up. <laughs> <laughs> and I think John went, he'd fucking do the, do the note as well or something like that. The note would be gone and all, but fucking hell. But listen, like, all, all, jo- all joking aside, I think Zhang ends up on the undercard. Don't be surprised if you end up with Wilder on the undercard. This will be his final chance. Turkey Ali L-Shape will phone him and go, listen, mate, right? We'll give you another chance because you're Deontay Wilder. We want the bronze bomber, though. You're going to leave the bronze bomber in Alabama. Don't even make the trip. I don't want all exactly. this zen and, you know, finding your inner peace and all this crap. Yeah, You come over here with some violence or you stay at home. Yeah, that's it. just in the that's press it. conference, we want to hear you say you want a fucking body on your record, yeah? I don't want to hear fucking the like your shorts and everyone's your friend. Fuck that geezer, man. Go back yeah, to... Yeah, that geezer's boring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. fucking oh, go oh, back man. to the uh, Amazon and fucking do your ayahuasca and all that, man. Just like, this, we yeah. need violence, man, in fucking... Uh, but Parker yeah. ends up on it, and I think Zhang ends up on it. A Cabile will end up on it. I think it's like winner stays on. Maybe a little bit of that going on. All the winners will what? end up on it. What we've got to be careful here, though, boys, is not getting swept up with the whole, like, Saudi fucking production and everything. And just make sure fights are being made for f- deserved fighters. So, like you say, Dubois, he deserves a good fight now because he's just won or whatever. Parker deserves fight. Zhang deserves fight. Like, Wilder, he's got the name. But really, does he deserve the fucking Zhang fight? No, he don't. That be- no, don't. This is what I'm saying. Like, that's what yeah. I'm saying about Bacoli. Bacoli now, he's number one now. He's fighting these fighters that, you know, could be little banana skins. It was a good victory against Tony Yoka. He's up there. Put him in there now. Maybe while the fucking Bacoli, is that going to happen? But it's all about money, isn't it? It's all about money. Mm. Yeah. Now, Caballo versus Frank Sanchez. They both won. Great fight. There you go. Great fight. What a, what a good fight, right? Um, maybe get Hergovic back on it, but don't give him a fucking a donut this time. Give him someone half decent. Do you know what I mean? So who's Hergovic going to fight then? He's waiting for that Fury Usyk fight. Once the Fury Usyk fight happens, yeah, but that will happen. They won't. They won't. Yeah, keep, but who is you, it? Because it ain't going to be AJ, is it? Well, it's whoever's mandatory, isn't it? 
It might be AJ. Why would it not be AJ? Because well, Hergovic doesn't fight in March. Because... And AJ beats Ngannou, then the belt gets stripped from the winner of the You'd have to UC, wait another then, four months. Though, yeah, it's going to be a that. good six or seven months. But I, I wouldn't be surprised. You don't think if... he'll fight in between? Uh, well. The Maury rematch. <laughs> yeah. Interesting time. So um, I, I'm buzzing for either of them mm. fights, actually. Zhang versus Parker or Zhang versus Wilder. I want Zhang versus Wilder for obvious reasons. Um so just very quickly, predictions on that fight if it were to happen. Zhang versus Wilder, Kaya. Zhang sends him into the shadow realm. John. Zhang all day. Yeah, Zhang. And me. Zhang. Zhang by fucking miles. I think that's the worst fight for fucking Wilder. I think he could not pick a worse fight. A Southpaw who hits as hard as Zhang does, who has got a phenomenal chin. How about Joe Joyce? What's happening with Joe Joyce? Yeah, well, he's got a fight in uh, March, and it's—I don't know who it's going to be against. It's not not going to be anyone too of note. But after that, yeah, hopefully after that, he should be featured potentially in the next Riyadh season. Really, I'd imagine if he once he comes through this fight, if he can set up a big fight for like October time, once the start of the Riyadh, Riyadh season comes again. If he's happy waiting for that amount of time, I mean, he's getting on a bit, so maybe he's looking for just the paydays now. So I'd imagine he might wait for that. Oh, imagine being a Queensbury or a matchroom fighter now. You're buzzing, isn't you? Can you imagine? But anyone but a boxer fighter. <laughs> oh, no, no. Yeah. Turkey's not interested in Shalom. I feel so... Do you know what? My heart goes out to him. I really do. So then just to finish off... Um, Fraser Clark or Team Clark, shall we say, Ben Shalom included, have piped up one in the Fabio Wardley fight, but has the ship sailed now? Do the Clark team deserve that fight with the way it all fell out last time? And um, is Fabio Wardley a few steps ahead now? Kaya? Yeah, I mean, look, you can't, I don't think you can blame Fraser Clark for any of that stuff that went on. I don't think he can. Maybe, look, he had a hand in it. Maybe kind of had to go along with it. Or maybe he spoke with his team and they decided against the fight. But I don't think the latter is is the is the real answer. I feel like he was pulled out of it. Um, I've seen some things going around Instagram with some other sort of um, boxing outlets. He had a bit of a back and forward with someone. I won't say their name. And he's basically said, look, it wasn't down to me. It was... Um, you know, the powers that be that pulled me out. So I think Frazier's got to roll the dice now. Was he 34? He's got to roll the dice now. It's now or never. I just feel like he's rolling the dice with the wrong person. I do. I really, really do. Um, I don't think he's been matched very well at all. I think no. Fabio Ward, the answer to your question, Unc, is a few steps ahead right now. He's been active, um, dangerous fighter, very aggressive and I don't think Fraser Clark, I mean, they're all heavyweights, so they can all bang. But I haven't seen anything from him in, in the pro game to suggest that he can, um, yeah, he can move up the levels, even to sort of British title level. Maybe like, maybe I'm wrong. Look, he was a decorated amateur, but um, I just, I couldn't, I can't make a case for him to even Where, put a um, dent in Fabio Where's Fabio Wardley's uh, position now? Where is he? Do you know what I mean? Is he in a sort of... He's ninth the Takam, in the WBA. The Takam region? Is he in the Takam, Charles Martin re- regions? Or is he surpassed them? What do you reckon? There's two different ways of looking at a fire, isn't there? It's just like their commercial value, like what's their profile like? And then I suppose 
know, where are they? Like, where are they in the rankings? Are they a top 10? Are they just broken into the top 20? But look, he's floating around Fabio Wall. He's definitely not top 10 fighter yet. And then obviously you look at the... Um, well, he's just, he's underneath that, John. Yeah. There's I'm the top 10 and there's yeah. another tier underneath. He's well in that other tier underneath. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, he's, he's there. But like, as you say, who's he, who's he fought? Who has he really fought? So like some... Sell like Caballel, for argument's sake, right? He's teeting around there as well, yeah? But if you look at... He's top got, 10, Caballel. Now he yeah. is. So I'm saying Fabio Worley needs a Chisora on his record. He needs yeah, a yeah. Uh, Matmadov or whatever. He's just... And he needs to be in there with a bit of better opposition, really. But, I mean, the thing with that Fraser Clark, he's got the pedigree. He's being a part of that GB setup. Like, the thousands of rounds and, you know, fights he's had as an amateur, that was standing in good stead getting in the ring with Wardley. So if Wardley you know, throws a few shots and he can't get Clark out of there. That could be an interesting fight as the fight goes on. But I just think to myself, Ben Shalom, you might have missed the boat here, mate, because all of a sudden now, Fabio Wardley's profile has gone through the roof. You look at some of the numbers he does on social media, uh, people like to listen to him talk. People like to watch him get in there and fight. So, um, yeah, I feel like Ben Shalom, he was calling for Bacoli to fight Wilder. He's calling for Fraser Clark now to fight Wardley. I think he just wants to hold someone's hand, man. He just wants to get <laughs> yeah. a fight. Well, he's got to get in there. Yeah. He's got to get in there, hasn't he? He's got to. He's like, he's fucking... Do you know what he's like? He's um, he, Ben Shalom's the fella who goes into the club with all your mates, turn around about three hours later, and all your mates are lunging up birds in the corner, and you're just standing at the bar on your own. That's basically Ben Shalom, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no, you're always yeah, like, yeah. you're like, what, well, should we go over there now and chat to him? He's like, no, no, just wait, just wait. What, should we go now? No, no, just wait, just yeah. wait. Should we go? And fucking, it's over now. The club's finished. Yeah. We've got no one. Everyone's going home with the birds they've pulled. Yeah, yeah. And he's, um, <laughs> he's just still standing there with his vodka and orange yeah. with a fucking slice of lemon in it. <laughs> oh, dearie me, mate. Who's, uh, just, so just finish off, personally, I, I'd watch it. I'd, I'd be up for it, to be fair, if it got made. I just feel like Fabio might be thinking I'm, I'm steps ahead of that and that's a backward step. And if I lose, I'm fucked. So what's a good fight for Fabio Wardley next? Daniel Dubois. Oh, that's a great fight. It's a great fight. Dubois versus Char will end up on one of them fucking cards. Don't be surprised if you see Dubois versus Manuel Char on, on March the 9th. The thing is yeah. this though, is that like what makes the most money and then obviously what, you know, gives you the highest ranking, but like looking at it now, like Fabio Wardley, he's seventh, right? In a WBO, like six is Andy Ruiz Jr. You want to be putting him in there? It's a high profile fight. That's fucking fraught with danger. Another though. thing as well, boys, if he, if he defends this belt once more, he wins it outright. I think that's, that's another reason to do the Fraser Clark fight. I think he's defended it twice. As far as I can think. All oh, right. Yeah. I think he's yeah, that and right. Keep him, and keep him learning. Like, as you say, he would say that he's not the finished article where, I think he'd fancy himself to beat Fraser Clark. But I say, like, look, I'm just looking here. Like, obviously, Daniel Dubois, it's a great fight. But, like, surrounding him now in the rankings, you've got Wilder, fucking FA Jagbar, Otto Wallin, Caballel, you know, McMadov, like... Jermaine Franklin? It's quite a tough fight, though. That's fraught with danger, mate, the Franklin fight. Tough fight. It's a good fight. Yeah. It's a great fight. It's got the profile from the Give him, Otto, give him Otto Wallin. Fine. Fuck Wallin. Fuck Wallin. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. He's done, mate, after that performance against AJ. All that shit he was talking about AJ, man, and just fucking took a one-two and just went on the back foot. Went so far on the back foot, he just sat on the stool and didn't get up. (laughs) 
So, yes, I think that just about covers it. AJ and Garnu in the pipeline. Arta Baturbiev and Smith this weekend is going to be very exciting. Good luck to Smith. He shall be up against it, but there's no reason that he can't bring home the bacon. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And, um, yes, we shall see you all next week. And uh, lots of love. Peace out for now. Thank you, chaps. Bye-bye.